hallelujah. Looks like a rock star back there. No, we're not going to say it again. It's not on tape. Hallelujah. We've got some work to do on the sound man yet. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I know that you have put value and worth in this particular moment that you're in right now. You knew what we were going to do this morning. You knew we were going to sing praises unto God. You knew we were going to receive an offering. You knew we were going to be positive. We were going to upbeat, be upbeat. You knew we were going to preach the Word of God. So you made a decision based on knowing all those things. But I'm telling you, there's even more to know. There's an understanding because you can get all of those things that I just said by just some routine, some habit, some lifestyle. You could even come to church based on some fear or some dread that God's going to get me if I don't show up. Or you could be so minded that you just don't want to answer people's questions. Where were you Sunday? So you showed up. But I'm telling you, there's a bigger and a greater motivation to be here this morning. I'm telling you, if banana pudding from the pig shack can change your life, what we're about to do will change everything. Amen? I believe it. I believe if you'll give the Lord the next 60 minutes or so, or less, it'll change everything. I don't believe there's anything that you could do with your time and your energy that would yield the return that you're about to experience. But you got to get in. you got to get in. you got to just not say, well, it's like going to the grocery store. It's like going to, to the gasoline uh, uh, to get gas. It's just something we do. you got to get in more than that. And I believe if we will, this gospel is so powerful that if you'll embrace it, if you'll, if you'll hear it with the intent of doing it, that God will release nuggets into your life this morning. Say right now. That'll change everything. That you'll see it. The light will come on. The, the door will open. The answer will come. The, 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 uh, the confusion will leave. And things will become clear and available like never before. I'm not talking about me. I'm certainly not talking about my message. I'm talking about rendering unto God an audience to his precious word and the anointing on it. I believe it. I believe you can be healed in this house this morning of a dreaded and terminal disease in the next hour. I believe there's a million-dollar idea hovering into this place right now, looking for the one that says, I'm going to have it. It is my inheritance. It is my life. Father, we thank you today for the word. We thank you for the privilege in America and even in this place now to come before you. The air conditioner's on. The lights are bright. The seats are three inches of foam. Lord, we're, we're just with our friends. We're, we're blessed of God. It's, there's no danger. There's no intimidation. Lord God, there's just awesome all about what we are and who we are in you right now. So, Lord, we thank you right now for your word. We're asking you, Father, for heaven's best for us now. We're asking you, Lord, to pour out, to change our thinking to change the way we perceive, to, th to change our purposes, to change our plans, to upgrade the way we think. Lord God, to turn uh, a mediocre and mundane and routine life into an exciting and wonderful experience in the kingdom of God. I'm asking you this, Lord, because Jesus died for it, and we attribute great worth and value to what he did. We tune in, and Lord God, we turn on to what you have for us today, thanking you, oh God, for an experience with your word. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, turn in your Bible with me to the book of Romans, 
chapter 1. Hallelujah. We're going to start something new this morning. We'll just see how it goes and where it goes. I'm calling this message unstoppable. 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 I'm going to ask you for the Lord because I'm just his voice to you this morning. One voice of many. He has many voices. You just happen to be sitting in the sound of mine today. But I'm going to tell you for him that he wants you to take the limits off right now. Okay, so we're going to halt. We're going to arrest ourselves. We're going to stop for a minute. And we're going to say, I'm taking the limits off. All the limits and all the boundaries are coming off right now. Because you see, decision is the place of power. It's not when something happens, it's when you decide something will happen that it starts happening. Decision, nothing happens until there's a decision made. So when we decide something, that's when it happens. That's why the first of the year is so important to people is because they get around the first of the year and they get this New Year's resolution and they decide. And, and right after they decide, action follows. But in September, nobody's deciding. They're waiting until the first. Another big calendar date for Americans anyway is the school year. Well, I'm in summer right now. I'm not deciding anything until we go back to school. And there's other things like that. So whenever we come to a juncture in our life and we say, I'm going to make a decision, power is released. Decision is the place of power. When you decide something, it's an act of faith, then power is released to do whatever you decide. So we need to take the limits off. We need to think big in small places. Are you in a small place this morning? In consideration of what God's called you to do, you absolutely are. There's no one around, around you saying you can do more. It, you're not living to your potential. They're all telling you, you know, be careful, be careful. Don't get out there too far. You be conservative, be, be mindful. There's nobody saying, just go for it, man. Get out there beyond what anybody's thinking or asking and go for God. Nobody's saying that. They're saying, boy, we're in times now. If anybody needs to tone it down, this is the time to tone it down. But God's saying, take the limits off. And God's saying, think big in small places. So let's confess it. Say, I'm thinking and believing real big, even in a small place. And then we need to dare to dream. I tell you, some people have turned their dreamer off. They're in survival mode. And I tell you, God hates, if he hates some things, he hates survival mode. Now, when you're in the dream mode, you are surviving many times. But if you're in a survival mode, there is no dream except to survive. And I'll tell you, it's hard to get the survival mode off once it's turned on. People think, this is just for a shorty. I'll just be in this survival mode. We're going to turn off the, 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 the requirements of my life that are not necessary. We're just going to kind of bear down for a minute. Some people quit tithing. Some people quit going to church. They take another job. They get, they get involved in other things, and they just say, but it's just for a shorty. I'm in a survival mode here, and as soon as we get through this short tunnel, as soon as we get through the storm, well, we're going to come back out. How many of you all know that's good on paper? but it rarely works. Survival mode takes more than you want to give it. 
It takes much more than you were ever willing to give it. And many people are backslid, not going to church, don't know how to hear from God simply because they were, they were strong, they were going, but they went into a survival mode. The devil put the pressure on them at one point. They shrunk back instead of pushing forward. They, they, they made carnal and natural and logistical situations to cope, to survive, and it cost them everything. It is dangerous, if not fatal, to go into survival mode. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't survive, but that is just a part of a package of says, I am going to the other side. Didn't Jesus tell them, we're going to the other side? And the storm came in the middle of the lake, as you know the story, and they're all losing it. They're all saying, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? But Jesus said, we're going to the other side. You've got a word from heaven to go to the other side. And surviving is not in that word. It is inherent in going to the other side that we will do every bit of surviving and more. Say, there's plenty more where that came from. I'm telling you, there's no survival in plenty more where that came from. So if you have any hint of the dust of survival on your life right now, if you've made any decision to draw back, you have missed God, you are thinking wrong, the devil is trying to take you captive at his will, and you're in for trouble. So this morning, just throw it off, just say, that was a bad thought, that was a wrong idea, this is a bad turn, and you need to get that little GPS girl that says, you know, at the next available opportunity, turn around. (laughs) <laughs> you know her, don't you? Hallelujah. You've messed up. You've missed it. Turn around. Say, I'm turning around. Okay, well, that's where we're going. In Romans chapter 1, it says in verse 16, you know, you know the sinner, the sinner. You think about people that don't know Jesus. You know what they're thinking about all the time, a lot of the time? You hadn't been a sinner in a long time, so you may not know. They're thinking about heaven. They're always wondering if somehow, because they believe that it's true, but they just don't believe that they have to receive Jesus or whatever, but they're asking themselves, do I qualify for heaven? In other words, we've been door knocking a bunch of times, hadn't we, Garland? We just go out there and you ask people, you know, if, if you were to stand before God in his heaven and he were to ask you, why should I let you in? What would you say? They almost all say, I've been a good person. But, you know, that's always a qualitative decision, and you just never know if you've been good enough. Because in everybody's good life, they've always done something that wasn't so good, and they always wonder how much weight the bad thing they did did against the good things they did. And they're, they're perpetually weighing things, but I've done so much good, and there's just that one bad thing. But the devil's a faithful devil, and he tells them, yeah, but that was a really bad thing. And see, but, but we're not in that. We're going to heaven. We're not, we're not dealing with that. But what we deal with as saints, as the blessed of the Lord, as believers, is that we're wondering, we are qualifying to see if what our life is, if it's worthy of what we're giving it. In other words, if what we're doing pleases God. That's what you're wondering. You know you're going to heaven. That's a slam dunk. We got that thing nailed down. Y'all do have that nailed down, don't you? But what we're doing is, 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 is if I'm praying enough, and if I'm walking in love enough, and if I'm giving enough, and you know, d- just, just always wondering what the standard is according to our growth. Because the more you grow in God, the more you end up doing and believing and purposing in your heart. And so we're always evaluating our place, our station in life, and saying, you know, I could do more. 
Because when I first got born again, I wasn't able to do much. I brought, Debbie and I, our first check to First Baptist Church in Seagraves was $200. And we actually, we actually thought that in the deacon meeting that they was going to, that they was going to look at the check and say, wow, we are meeting payroll this month. Woo, we are, we are putting on the new building. You know, we really thought we rung the bell, you know, ding. So uh, that's what you and I are thinking about. It says in verse 16, it says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. The Bible says that I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God. Say power of God. The Bible says that the gospel is the power of God. Where's the power? Well, we're looking for the power. No, it's in the gospel. It's in the word of God. This is the power of God. There is no other power. All the power that is from God is vested in his word. And so when when we look at the word, we're looking at his power. Everything that he's got is in his gospel or in his word for us to be able to do. Every situation you need to, to handle with power, it's in the gospel. But then you also have to say, I'm not, if you're not ashamed of the gospel, that I'm not ashamed of the name of Jesus. Why? Because the name of Jesus is the gospel. It's in the gospel and it is the gospel. So you have to say, are you ashamed of the name of Jesus? Because there's a lot of ways to get around that and still be so-called spiritual. You could say in the name of the Lord, in the name of God, in the name of Christ. But the name of Jesus is the gospel. What Are we ashamed of the blood of Jesus? You say, well, I'm not ashamed of it, but do you know a lot of churches will not sing songs that have the blood in it? And therefore, they're ashamed of the power of God because the blood of Jesus is the gospel. It's in the gospel, but it's not just in it. It is the gospel. The blood of Jesus is the good news. And if you have good news, then you're going to have a good life. But if you leave out the name of Jesus, and if you leave out the blood of Jesus, you're not going to have a good life. Amen. Even though you got seven Bibles at home and one on the dash. What about if you're not ashamed of the glory of God? We, 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 we're just not going to have that stuff in this church. We were actually, you know, we, we've actually been told, tone it down or else. You know, and how the or else comes. It just makes you want to buck up and just say, just bring it. Just bring it. Hallelujah. Everybody likes a good dare to, to, you know, like the gun to your head, you know. Just, you know, deny him or else. I'm not wanting that one yet, but I mean, this was an easy one. Deny the glory or else. Well, just bring your worst, bad boy. Just, just you know, show all your hand. But we got to not be ashamed of the glory of God. Because why? It's the gospel. Say it with me. It's the gospel. Well, we also have to say, are we ashamed of the gifts of the Spirit? Why? Why are we not ashamed of the gifts of the Spirit? Because it's the gospel. And the gospel, or the gifts of the Spirit, then, would be the power of God. I'm not ashamed of divine health and healing. We, we've been told over the years, you know, if you'll tone that stuff down. 
but it's the power of God because it's the gospel. It's not just in the gospel. It is the gospel that uh, by his stripes ye were healed. Well, y'all need to tone down that prosperity stuff, but it's the power of God. The prosperity stuff, the supply of the father to his children is the good news. I'm always glad to have prosperity and a full supply from God. It's not good news to say, I'm teaching you a lesson, you bad boy, and you're not getting no supply from me for a while. I'm, that's not good news, and it doesn't lead to a good life. We also have to say, are we ashamed of, of just not those things, but to be bought with a price? You know, sometimes we want to choose what we're going to do, but God has an opinion, and I use that word loosely. He has an opinion about what we should be doing with our life every day. In other words, if you ask him, Lord, I'm up today. What do you want me to do? Today's Saturday, for instance. What do you want me to do today? He'll tell you. If you don't ask him, he won't, but you can just go do what you want to do and hit it and guess at it and do the best you can. But if you ask him, Lord, what is in my Saturday? What do you want me to do today? I'm telling you, he'll bring it and it'll be a blessed day. Amen. So I'm not ashamed to be bought with a price to say, Lord, you're the master, and I am the bought with the price one. I'm not ashamed to be sanctified. Are you ashamed to be sanctified? Well, we'd say no, but I'm telling you there's power in it. There's power in sanctification. In other words, being separated is what that means. There's power in that. Well, you know, we don't get to do what the other families do, but there's power in that because the gospel is the power of God. It's a trade-off. It's not a give up. It's a trade-off. I'm going to be sanctified for him. I'm bought with a price, and it's power. It'll bring power into my life. The what kind of power? The power of God, because the gospel is the power of God. So amen. We're on the right track. Are you on the right track this morning? Praise God. Romans 9, 33, just listen to that. It says, behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone. Behold, I lay in Zion a rock of offense, and whosoever shall believe on him shall not be offended or not be ashamed. So Jesus is the offender, and if you can get around Jesus then, and not be ashamed, then you are going to have a great life. But so many people are ashamed of Jesus. Now, I'm not talking about the cross and... And I'm not talking about coming into church and bringing in the sheaves and, and all that. I'm talking about having a life where he is the Lord of your life, where you give it up for him. Hallelujah. There's power in my life. There's power in your life. I've got power this morning because I've got the gospel and all that's in the gospel, the good news. So if I believe in him, whosoever shall believe on him shall not be ashamed. If I believe on him, I'm by default believing in his word. You know I'm going somewhere with this. Believing on him means believing his word. Not just believing that he died and that he's over there and I'm over here, but believing his word. He still has power over me because his word is still speaking to me. I can open this up anywhere, and he'll start talking to me, and it'll be power to my life. 
Even when he chastens me, even when he instructs me and tutors me and teaches me with his word, and I go, ouch, Lord, ooh, ooh, ah, that's, that's, a, that's a bite, Lord, right there. It's still power to me because it guards me and keeps me out of danger and protects me and lifts me up to a place of life and life abundant. And I was going down into the hole in the miry clay, that sort of thing. So even when he chastens me, and I don't much care for that in a sense of, of being corrected in some ways, yet it's still power and it's still to, lead to deliverance for my life. In James chapter 1, turn there with me. You're, you're just uh, close. Turn to James chapter 1. I'm talking this morning about being unstoppable, about being unstoppable in your life. Listen, if you're going to be a Christian, you might as well just pay a little more and be the kind of Christian that's unstoppable. You might as well just give a little more and be the kind that the devil really does hate. You ought to give a little bit more. You ought to tune it just a little tighter that you can be the one that you can deliver people from the devil and from trouble. You ought to be the Christian that's unstoppable, that when you need money for, uh, for the kingdom, it's just no problemo. It's just like we can do that. And that when you come into the room with terminal disease, you ought to be that Christian that's unstoppable that says this is no problem. No matter what it is and no matter what it looks like and no matter what they've said, I'm that kind of Christian that's unstoppable. It, it, you're already a Christian. You've already said Jesus. You've already said I'm, I'm paid for, bought with a price. You might as well go ahead and go a little further and get the whole enchilada. You ought to give it up for the whole thing. Because like I told you at the beginning, we're not dealing with heaven now. We're dealing with the worth and the levity of our lives. We're dealing with like I'm down here and there's a lot of expense by the Lord to get me here and put me in this generation and this time. What is it for? Am I living to the measure and the level of the call and assignment on my life? Is my life pleasing to the Lord or am I just in the way? You know, some Christians are in the way. It would be better, and I can't pull the lever, but if the Lord gives me a chance, I'm going to recommend pulling the lever on some of them. Lord, get these guys out of the way. Take them into heaven so we can get more done down here. They are in the way. We are sweeping around them, and we'd like to just sweep through. But he doesn't let me do that, so you know, you're safe. Everyone's safe. You wouldn't be in there anyway. But it says here in James chapter 1, hallelujah, verse, uh, I believe it's uh, 22. Two, that there's a there's a there's a call there's a higher dimension to some Christians that you can be saved and go to heaven but not have much punk in your life. Uh, verse twenty two says, "But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only." That must tell us that some Christians are just hearers and not doers. Listen, I submit to you this morning that a man or a woman that's born again that intends to hear but does not intend to do is ashamed of the gospel. Because the gospel is the power of God. And so if we're not ashamed, we're going to hear with the intent to do because it brings power. Listen, y'all, I don't know about you, but I need more power. I'm not getting it done in the natural side. It's not happening for Michael Billings in the sense of what I can do and my smart and my ability and my, it's just not, it's not, it's not. And I assume it's not for you either. We need more. We need what the Bible says we need, and it says we need the gospel, which is the power of God, to them who believe. 
And so he says, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. So there's a deception there. When we come into a place or when we open the Bible, when we listen or we read and we don't intend to do what we read, we read way too much. In other words, we scan a whole chapter or a whole whatever, but instead of just saying, okay, I'm going to take three verses because I'm going to be a doer of what I read, and it'll be all I can take hold of to read with the intent to do these three verses. Are y'all with me? But a man that says, oh, yeah, I read 10 chapters this morning. You know that you, you got to have a lot of extra time or you got to be uh, uh, gifted to be able to read with the intent to do 10 chapters. But the Bible says we ought to meditate. We ought to look at it with the intent to do it. Lord, what do you want to change in my life today? There's 365 of them in this year. I'm going to change my life every one of those days. So I'm going to have to stop and look at your word. It says walk by faith and not by sight. We can't go to verse, the next verse. We can't, we, there, that's the, that verse there is going to take our whole day to get our faith around. Walk by faith and not by sight. Are you all with me this morning? So, to be this kind of Christian with power, this unstoppable Christian, we're going to have to be more intensive than nominal, casual Christians. I vote that we go for it. I vote that we just say, I'm going to be more intense than casual Christian. I'm going to vote that we do more than just show up at heaven, saying, I got your invitation in the mail, Lord, and here I am. Was there more that you wanted? I vote that we ought to do something down here that makes the devil... We just wear him out. Hallelujah. Well, I'm just going to keep preaching. I don't think I got the whole crowd yet, so I'm going to keep preaching this. Jesus said, he said, I have come that they might have life, and they might have it to the full. Aren't y'all glad? So I'm, I'm here to get the life. He said, I'm come that you might have life, so I showed up for the life. And it's going to take something. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. Jesus said, my words are spirit, and they are life. How many of y'all know that your words can be spirit and life? How many of you know that you can create your future? That you don't have to take the future that the devil's lined out, that the curse is lined out, that the world's lined out. You can create your future because death and life are in the power of the tongue. Hallelujah. We can say what's going to happen. Got a letter from the jail this week, and you know the, 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 the brothers in there, they, what, what do you say? But uh, they usually start out saying, how's life treating you? Because <laughs> that's all they know is how life's treating them. Life's not treating me anyway. I'm treating life a certain way. How about you? I'm telling life, this is what we're going to have today. Here's what we're going to do today. And here's how it's going to be today. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, in Romans 10, Jesus said, or Paul said, he said, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. So I'm a meditator of the word. I'm a hearer of the word. How about you? Faith arises. Faith is awakened by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word. Not CBS or NBC. Now, we're not on that. We're not, we're not saying you have to throw your TV in the, in the trash or take it to the dumpster or whatever. But I tell you, there's no life coming out of it. It is always, it's always a neutral zone at the best to be in a worldly uh, 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 medium for your life. To, to drink in or to imbibe the world is the best you can hope for is that I'm going to get out of this, this time neutral. 
It'll never bring you anything. I mean, unless you're watching Christian something or, you know, that sort of thing. I'm just talking about broadcast television. I'm not on that. That's not my gig. I'm not, I'm not on that. But you just need to know we're, 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 we're just going to, you know, drinking carbonated drinks and, and eating chocolate. Might, the best you can do is come out neutral, too. So there's a lot of things there. But, but you just need to know that the life is coming through the Word of God. In Matthew 17, would you turn there with me? Now, I'm really not going all over the world, although it seems that way. Well, maybe I am. Hallelujah. But I want you to see this scripture in Matthew 17. I think that part of our call, Debbie and me, is to raise, to nurture, to disciple strong Christians. I believe there's calls. I I talked to a woman the other day uh, at the cleaners. And she said, I've been watching. I, I said, uh, I said uh, you need to come to church with me. You need to, you need to show up. I'm going to. I'm going to. And she said, the other night I watched somebody. He was so good. His name was Joel something. I said, well, Miss Wanda, you just keep watching Joel something. He, he'll do you good. But you know, uh, Joel Osteen's ministry is not to raise up strong Christians. But he certainly has a ministry. And it is certainly effective. And there are people that are being changed and, and, and turned around by that ministry. And to say, because it's not this one and it's not that one, it's not valid. Because it is. It is. He's got it. And people are, praise God, changed by it. But I, we just aren't that. And, you know, we're just not that. That's, his ministry isn't the whole thing that's needed. It's a part, but it's not the whole thing. And there's another part needed. Well, we're here at this place at this time with this people in this city. And this is what God says is needed, is to raise up strong Christians that are not ashamed of the gospel. So we're wailing on it all the time. We're, pulling, we're knocking down walls. We're, we're, we're kicking over sacred cows all the time. That would, that would absolutely get me run out of town in so many churches. But we've acclimated. We've come gradually. We've increased until finally we're going, yeah, amen, pastor. Knock down another old cow. You know, take another lick at religion. You know, let's go for the glory. You know, it takes a while to get to that place. Because the carnal mind is enmity against the things of the spirit. And so we, we've, we've gone, but we're not, we're, not, we're not finished. We're not just saying good enough. Let's go ahead and be in what the end times thing would be is that we are, a, we are a beacon or a lighthouse to strong Christianity. Now, we're not saying we're going to be the strongest. We're not going to say that we're going to be special or anything like that. We're just saying we're going to obey our call to be, to be strong. It's a real commitment to other people because if you're a lukewarm, carnal, uh, uh, casual Christian, you're basically serving yourself. You just got enough to get yourself going. In other words, you go up to the hamburger stand and you order one hamburger because that's all you want. But I'm talking about that we open a restaurant and we start feeding. I'm not talking about literal hamburgers here. I'm talking about the gospel. That we are getting ourselves strong and full and able. That we're not just going to feed ourselves. We're going to cast out devils. We're going to lay hands on the sick. And we're going to decree and declare for many. And we're not putting down anybody and saying, you're not right, and this isn't good. We're just saying what we're called to is to be a strong, strong Christian. And you couldn't say that's wrong. 
You just might say that's not for me or I don't want to or it's not my time. I think we've pretty much weeded through everybody like that. I think everybody, you know, they vote with their feet. Hallelujah. If you don't like it, you don't come back. If you like it, you do come back. That's just kind of it is. You know, I don't ever want to go to, there's a, a couple that wanted us to go to a restaurant in Birmingham called Alibaba's. And it was Moroccan food. And I've never been to Alibaba's. And the second verse to that song is, we ain't going. Because we, we just don't think we would like Moroccan food where you put your hand in the bowl, seated on the, a mat on the floor. It's just, it's just not me. I like to go to Longhorns and get a pork chop and sit, you know, sitting up and have a fork. And so everybody's got their own deal is my point. So let's be strong. Let's raise strong youth. Let's have a move of God in the youth. Let's raise strong children. Let's have a move of God right now upstairs. A move, gifts of the Spirit absolutely, angels coming in and ministering. Let's have it. Are y'all with me? I'm, this, is, this is off the point, but I'm just saying, have you figured out who we are? And it's not something we designed. It's just that that's where we always go. People that don't like 7-Up, they just never get to the counter and, and, and go through a wrestling thing. Is it 7-Up or Coke or Pepsi? When you don't like 7-Up, you, you always ask, do you, do you have colas? Do you have? And we never ask, should we throw a weak message out there and just try to have the, we always come to the plate saying, we must be strong. Well, that's, it says in Matthew 17, 20. Are you there? It says, and Jesus said unto them, here's what he said. Now, remember, this is in your Bible, and you did not get it out of this church. We did not print this. Because of your unbelief, Talking about why couldn't we cast that out? For verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto the mountain, say, that's me. Ye shall say unto the mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove. And look at this. Let's say it together. And nothing shall be impossible unto you. The Bible says, Jesus said, that there's a place that you can go in your faith that you can speak to any situation, mountain he didn't reserve, uh, certain mountains, he said mountains, and you can reserve your life, you can build your life, you can decide and choose that, that you're going to not be ashamed of the gospel and that nothing shall be impossible to you. Say nothing. nothing. I'm telling you, the Bible says it. We, we are listening to a gospel here that's bold. It's out there. It's, it's way out there. It doesn't have disclaimers in the back that says, see the end page for, for things that are exempted and on, not on special. He just said it, and then you go to the end of the book, and it's just more. And then it's over. He never says, but, you know, he said, if you can believe. And so it makes me want to believe. It, I want to I have authority over mountains because I've seen people that, Mountains had authority over them, and it's a pitiful, pathetic, sad life. And it just makes your heart go out to people that are just being trounced by the devil and just put under by disease and lack and the homeless and the addicted and the, and the, and the, and the mentally incapacitated and, and burned out on drugs and, and dysfunctional in relationships. You just, you, they come into your life, and you're like, what can I do for you? You feel helpless. 
And you want, because of the who we are in Him, we want to help folks. And Jesus said there's an answer, but you're going to have to make yourself strong every day. This stuff doesn't come in a box. It doesn't come in a book. It doesn't come on a set of tapes where you just say, you know, for the homeless, do this. It comes from, from putting the Word in unashamedly and being a doer of the Word that you put in, hearing it with the intent to do it. Where you give in the offering like you did this morning, where you give it with an intent, I prosper because it's the gospel and it's power unto me, so it'll be power unto the kingdom. I didn't give this morning just because I'm lustful and greedy and just have a thing about my future. I am in with him. It's his money, and there's plenty more where that came from. So I'm just a manager. He, he sends money to me and says, arrange my money. It wouldn't be unusual for someone that worked for a company that the boss came in and said, put 50000 in this account. And if you put it over there, you wouldn't go into the bank and said, I've decided to put $50,000 of this money. And, you know, they'd say, you are full of it. This is company money, and you're just a manager. We're just managers for him. It's just his money, and there's plenty more where that came from. So he says, I want you to put $50,000 or $50 or $0.50 cents in here. Just manage my accounts. Yes, sir. He said, I'll be back later and tell you what to do with some more. If you'll do what I say to do with this. That's all this is. This giving thing is not a big money thing. It's, a ma it's just a management thing. He's the boss. We're bought with a price, and we're not ashamed of it. I do what he says, and it's just a pleasure to serve the king. Amen. Well, th this isn't even my point. It's, I don't know where I'm going with all this right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So, Romans 4. I know we're going to Romans 4. I want to tell you all about how to be unstoppable this morning. Miss Jennifer, you're unstoppable. Jimmy, you are unstoppable. John Baker, you are unstoppable. I'm telling you, there is an unstoppable in us, and it's by this gospel. And that, that there is a power that God wants to invest in us that we've not seen. I know we've seen on TV, and you've seen in some things about the power of God, but it's just a foretaste. It's just a, a ramping up. God wants so much to show us what's really out there. Listen, I'm investing my life. It may not be much to somebody else, but it's all of me. My life is all of me. It's all I've got. I don't have something else over here. I, it, this is me and all of me. And when I give my life to God or to anybody, when I give my life to this woman, I'm giving all of me. There's, there's not a part here. You know, when you go into the restaurant and they say that the egg made a donation to your breakfast, but the pig gave its whole life, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, the chicken, yeah, the chicken made a donation, but the, the egg is what I was saying, but the pig, you know, the bacon and the ham, it took everything. Well, we're kind of on that part of the plate, amen? We're, we're committed. This is all of me. When I, when I give me, I've given it all, and I want results is what I'm saying. It'd be foolish to throw your life into something that's just, just like whatever, trivial. I don't care about it. Don't think about it. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about, God, where's this going? Because this is all of me, and we hadn't got extra days that we can just tack on the end. Sometimes, you know, they'll put more time on the basketball clock or the football clock. They'll put more time on. We can't put more time on here. You spin it, it's gone. So it says in Romans chapter 4, look at this thing. Where am I? Praise God. Verse 13. Praise God. Romans 4. I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. So y'all just have to listen, and except unless you're Leanne. Hallelujah. 
but you can read along. You'll know that I'm in the Bible. Now listen to verse 13 of Romans 4. For the promise to Abraham or his posterity, say that's me, that he should inherit the world did not come through observing the commands of the law, but through the righteousness of faith. If it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, then faith is made futile and empty of all meaning, and the promise of God is made void, is annulled, and has no power. For the law results in divine wrath. But where there is no law, there is no transgression of it either. Therefore, inheriting the promise is the outcome of faith. I want to read that again. Verse 16, therefore, inheriting the promise is the outcome of faith and depends entirely on faith. Say inheriting the promise. Now, y'all, that's, that's, that's our part. Faith is the part we give, but inheriting the promise is God's part to us. And I'm telling you, he's got some yeah, buddy promises in the word. I just read you one out of Matthew. He said nothing's impossible. Nothing. Nothing. And it says, uh, in order that it might be given as an act of grace, and it goes on and on there. Let's, uh, verse 17, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. He was appointed our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and speaks of the non-existent things that he has foretold and promised as if they already existed. Verse 18, for Abraham, human reason for hope being gone, hoped in faith that he should become the father of many nations as he had been promised, so numberless shall your descendants be. Verse 19, he did not weaken in faith when he considered the utter impotence of his own body which was as good as dead because he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's dead and womb. Now, here we go. Verse 20. No unbelief or distrust made him waver. Say waver. No unbelief or distrust made him waver. This is an old covenant man. This is a man that did not have a Bible. He had to remember what God literally said to him, which is pretty powerful when God talks to you audibly and all. That's, that makes a mark. Hallelujah. That's cool. Uh, but it said, No unbelief or distrust made him waver, doubtingly questioned concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God. He grew strong as he gave praise and glory to God, fully satisfied, and assured that God was able and mighty to keep his word and do what he had promised. Now, y'all, that's strong faith. To believe God will keep his word and do what he has promised. This is personal. You could have Genesis 1-1 say, to Michael. And at the end of Revelation 22, say, from God. And it wouldn't be any less personal or any more personal. This is to me. This is to you. It is, it is, it is his promise to you. And he is like, you know, cross my heart, I will do it, promising. He is like, I will do this. Write me up a contract. Stick it, you know, put it in blood. I will do it. I will do it if you will simply believe that I will do it. 
God said, I will do it. We just haven't done it. We just haven't, we just haven't put him to the test. Because when he puts, gets put to the test, faith puts him to the test, he does it. I appreciate that. Amen. Amen. It says here in verse, uh, um, move to page. Where are we? Verse 22. That is why his faith was credited to him as righteousness, right standing in God. But the words, it was... No, we skipped something. Verse 21, that's it. Fully satisfied and assured that God was able and mighty to keep his word and do what he had promised. Okay. Remember, this is written in Romans about a story in Genesis. Remember in Genesis chapter 17, the Bible says that, that Sarah had a son for Abraham. And it was miraculous. She's older than a tree and he's, he's, he's older than a tree. It's just, it just couldn't happen. But, but God said, here's your name. Gal, here's your name. And they called each other names that meant we're the father of many and princess of many. And, and they had this Isaac's son. And then it says when he was a young man, but he was, he was a young man that God came to him and said, in, verse, in chapter 22, said, I want you to take your son, your only son, and take him to the place where I shall tell you, and I want you to sacrifice him to me. Ch- turn there to Genesis chapter 22. We've got we to read just for a minute. I'm telling you, this is, this is strong. Let's start. Let's just skip a whole bunch. Verse 9, and they came to, a, to the place where God had told him of, and Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. They say, you know, we always see the pictures that it's just a young whippersnapper. He's a little Andrew or, a, uh, you know, a John or whatever. But, but they say that he was in his upper teens or early 20s. So he had to get on there, you know, because his daddy was so old that he couldn't have him, and then this is that many more years later, so the boy could take him. In other words, the boy could take his dad on. I ain't getting up there. Just make me if you can. <laughs> and so son got up there and let his dad bind him. An amazing thing. So Isaac's in faith too. Isaac's in faith. We're talking about a supernatural work in the heart here. And it says in verse uh, um, verse uh, 10... Abraham stretched his forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. He said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do anything unto him. For now I know thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son. And uh, um, verse 16, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast not Thou hast done this thing and has not withheld thy son, thy only son, that in blessing I will bless thee. So the promises were poured out because of faith. Now I'm telling you, now here's, here's the story. Isaac was never in danger. Never. He was never in danger because faith would not allow it to happen. If you will get in faith, Leanne, if you will get in faith, Bill, if you will get in faith, Jim, if I will get in faith, Michael, I will never be in danger because I have Psalm 23. I have Psalm 91. I have 1 Peter 2.24. 
I have 2 Corinthians 8, 9, 8. I have, I have 2 Corinthians 8, 9. I'm telling you the promises of God are sure, and I'll never be in danger if I will get in faith. It can't hurt me. It can't take me. It can't smite me. It can't take me down if I will get in faith. Isaac was never in danger. Even if you read that passage there in the first few verses, he, the, uh, the, 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 the Abraham tells the boys that are going with them, said, we're going up yonder to sacrifice, and the lad and I will return. It's a type of the resurrection. It's absolutely faith, and it portrayed what God did. But you are in that same situation right now. It doesn't matter what your deal today or tomorrow, the devil is going to come and he's going to ask you for your stuff. And you're going to discover whether you're ashamed of the gospel or whether you're just going to give it to him. Give him your health, give him your money, give him your kids, give him your job, give him your whatever. The, 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 he's coming. And you gotta, you got to know what you're going to say. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God unto me. Smith Wigglesworth. I can't tell it all this morning, but I'm telling you, this man is known for doing mighty things, but the story behind it is what's important. He is a young man. Uh, he, he went to work at six because his family was so poor, so he never got an education. Uh, he married a, a, a strong Christian woman named Polly, and she taught him some things, and he only read the Bible. But he had a, and I'll just tell it graphically because he had no shame in telling it, that he had a severe uh, digestive problem, and he was constipated constantly. He took three ounces of castor oil three times a week just to, just to get through, and, uh, but it caused him to have severe hemorrhoids. And, uh, and so he took, in that day, it was a salt that you, that you, I don't even know how that works mechanically. It doesn't matter medically. They'd soak in it. Okay, there it was. And he got relief that way. And uh, a man of God came in, and Polly said, what would you think about a man that ministered healing but relied on medical practices every day? And the man said, I think that man needs to, he hadn't put his trust in God. And so Smith told him, says, well, the man she's speaking of is me. And uh, he said, I tell you right now, because he utterly depended upon this. Uh, it was bleeding and everything. And he said, I will, I would rather, I've got the quote. Let me read it to you. I would rather, thank you, Lord. He would rather die in faith than live in fear any longer. It's not that way for us, but in a sense, gradually, that's exactly what's happened to all of us in this society, is that we live in fear, and it's time to just draw the line. It's not an event that comes and it says, okay, you've got, my, like my friend, you've got three months to live, and you have to make some decisions about your faith right then. Y'all know what I'm talking about? If they give you a diagnosis and say you've got three months to live, you have to choose how you're going to go. So, but ours is not that dramatic. It's just, it's gradually. But it's really even better sometimes if you get the prognosis and you have to decide, you have to ante up and say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve God versus just letting this thing erode. So Smith said, I would rather die in faith than to live in fear any longer. And in two days, the Lord completely healed him. Absolutely.
But the untold story usually is that he was a fiery preacher, but he had tremendous gallstones, had a big issue with gallstones, and uh, they, would, they were really, really painful. And his daughter was cross-eyed, and she was deaf. And you go, this is the healing guy that, that helped everybody? He had such gallstone problems that for five years he preached, and to keep the blood from soaking through his clothes while he was ministering, that his family would help him wrap in this gauze and this diaper thing, and they would completely bind him up to soak up the blood that came from the gallstones while he ministered. But he refused. He refused surgery. He would not. And they say it. I read accounts about it where he would, at times, the pain would be so intense as he was about to pass a stone that that it would just take him out. And sometimes he, he had to actually leave the pulpit and pass the stone, and he would come back. And it was just so bloody. But he refused to, to negotiate. And what I'm saying to you is he knew that the gospel was the power of God unto salvation. And one day, because he stood on the word, one day as he was preaching, he was instantly healed. It just happened. He was instantly healed. You go, five years, though. Dear Lord, five years. Pastor Buzzy talked about Remember Pastor Buzzy? That he, that he sprained his foot so bad that, that he said, he joked, he said it hurt so bad that he couldn't stand to stay in the room, the same room with it. And so he would hang it out the window. You know, he was joking about it, that it hurts so bad. But he said the word of God is true. It's the gospel is the power of God or it's not. It either is or I'm ashamed of it. And so he said, I walked around in the yard. I walked around the house couldn't put any weight on it, but I walked on it in severe pain and until, until it quit and it was healed. And God's got a plan for you and I to be strong. And there's a little bit of suffering involved, and it's the suffering of trying our faith. It's the suffering of our faith, the devil coming, situations coming, the curse coming. We're saying, well, you know, you don't have enough money. What are you going to do? Are you, are you going to let the power of God be true the gospel be true, or are you going to be ashamed of it? Are you all with me this morning? Don't make me sorry I preached this message, please. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, but but it's, it's, it's the truth. It's coming. It's not like I'm putting anything on you or that we're choosing something. This is how it happens for everybody. Everyone that says yes to Jesus is backed off at whatever level that they, they choose to be back off. Some of them, they say, I don't believe in healing. I don't believe in prosperity. I don't believe in, in tongues. They, they're backed off at the lowest levels. But no matter how far you go, you're going to be tested. You're going to be confronted with what you believe. And you have to decide at whatever level, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God unto me. And you have to stand it. You have to withstand it and go through the storm, go through the trouble. There's suffering in that. But when you get to the other side, every devil respects you. And every situation financially and in your medical situation respects you. And you don't ever have to back it off at that level again. There's power in it. And I'm telling you, once you laid hands on the sick, once you have believed God for finances and it happened, there's a victory that comes that cannot be compromised. You are strong. I want to be strong. Abraham was strong. Uh, Smith Wigglesworth was strong. Pastor Buzzy was strong. You're strong. You're strong. You got through this. Listen, the, the persecution for speaking in tongues was immense, and you all went through it. Unless you were raised in a Pentecostal church, 
He was where I was. The Baptist did not agree with my my with our desire. Hallelujah. Healing the whole thing. So this morning, the Bible says this morning that nothing's impossible to him who believes and that if you'll speak to the to the mountain, it will obey you. I'm telling you this morning, God wants to have a miracle for someone, anyone that says I've got an impossible situation in my life right now. I said all of that to say this. If you have an impossible situation in your life right now, one that is impossible, there's no natural remedy for it. God's got to come through. And I have set my anointing in this place, saith God, and I have assigned the angels to come and bring this gospel to bear on this people, that they might rise up in victory in this day and carry forth my banner in this hour, saith God, that all would know of my goodness by demonstration, would know of my willingness to be involved by manifestation, that it would not be unheard and unknown in this day, saith God, I have sent my life and I have sent my power. So yield unto me, saith the Lord, entreat me and you will, you will see demonstrations and manifestations. I will send my ministering spirits to help you, to bring you to, uh, to victory, to cause the situation to be turned around. If you will but yield to me and say, Lord, that is the place I will be and that is the route that I will choose. And with your own eyes, saith God, you will see these things brought forth. You will see the impossible made possible. You will see the incurable cured. You will see the destitute brought to fullness and supply. You will see situations that no man could predict absolutely turned into their favor. You will see me, saith God, if you will but believe. I will bring it to you, saith the Lord, in such a way it will be easy for you to believe. If you will but say yes to me now, I will say yes to you, and it shall be as I have said, saith the Lord. Amen. 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 So if you've got an impossible situation this morning, if you've got a situation, you go, there's, there's no, I don't know how we're going to get out of this. And I'm not talking about your life is over, or the money. I'm talking about just a situation. You go, that's the desire of my heart. That's what I think God wants me to have. That's what he wants me to do. And I don't see how it can happen. There is no visible way. Would you stand up with me this morning? I want to pray for you this morning. I want to believe God with you this morning. I want, to, I, want, I want us all to be fished out of that realm of weak Christians. I want us all to be strong in this room. That God has a plan for your life and an assignment. And some of us are stronger than others. Either by virtue that we've been in it longer or that we've just said yes sooner. But God has a plan. Who in here this morning says, I need God to intervene in an impossible situation? Anyone this morning? I'm, yes, sir, I see that. Yes, sir, I see that. Anyone else? I see that one. Anyone else? You say, I got an impossible situation. It's too hard for me. I cannot do it, and I don't know anybody, and I can't pay for anybody to do it for me. I see that one. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Anyone else?
I mean, stick your hand up right now because we're going to get this done today. We're going to get it done today, and it's going to be different than you thought. In Jesus' name. Anybody? Okay. Okay. Hallelujah. Praise God. Uh, that good sound man. Put me on some, uh, some impossible mountains moving music. Hallelujah. <laughs> we'll see how good he really is. Uh, would you just step out, you that raised your hand? Would you just step out? I'm, this is going to have to be real quick. It will not take long. Hallelujah. It's the gospel that I preach that's going to do it. And we don't even have to know your situation, but I want you to stay, step up here. Hallelujah. Now, what we're going to do is Debbie and I are just going to pray for these people because there's a, we're going to lay our hands on them, and the anointing for this is going to happen. But then we're going to get you all a partner. We're going, to start, we're going to start partnering with you and not just leave you out there by yourself. Y'all, y'all nod your head like that sounds good. Because we're all family in this room. There are, there's no visitors in this room. We're all family. So we're going to do it this way. This is the way the Lord instructed me to do it. I'm going to pray. Debbie and I are going to pray for y'all. It's going to happen just like that. We're not going to pray a long, drawn-out prayer. And then you out here are going to agree with someone that's up here and you're going to check on them and you're going to release your faith with them until the situation is turned around. And if you if you know, hey, I see who I'm supposed to be with and y'all are just going to have to, with whoever partners with you, if you agree to it, you're just going to have to tell them, here's my situation and I need you to help me to pray it through. I'm praying with the man in Houston and he's weak and he, he's out of his head and he's this, that, and the other. I can do for him what he can't do right now. And we we all have to have that. Anybody else want to come up here right now, now that you know what, what this is? Debbie, come up here. We're going to lay, the two of us are going to lay hands on y'all. There's five of them. In G, do you have anything else to add? Father, in Jesus' name, the impossible made possible now in Jesus name we release the gospel which is the power of God into Jimmy's life and we call every mountain moved in Jesus name now and all pain and all pain never ever again hallelujah hallelujah recover recover in Jesus name hallelujah amen that's right I just got in there the other day <laughs> hallelujah the impossible made possible Miss Rita alright yes we speak to the mountain in, in Jesus' name. We, Lord God, we believe. Lord, we, we pull ourselves together to not just think about it, not dread it, not, not like it. But, Lord, now we believe. And we call things that be not as though they were. We thank you, Lord God, that faith, the faith of God himself is inside of Rita Beck. And it rises up to this challenge. And, Lord God, it cuts off the life of this lie in the name of Jesus. And, Father, we... Thank you, Lord. Praise is gone. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 
Amen. Mr. McDaniel, the impossible made possible this morning. What is it that we're here for? All right. We... So that's impossible in the sense of the medical side. In Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you right now, God, that you have healed this before. And God, we command it right now to yield to the gospel, which is the power of God. Power of God, we release you into Mr. McDaniel's body by the heart. Yes, in Jesus' name. And we curse. We curse this disease. We command Parkinson's to go, yield, subdue, and be released in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. We receive it. Yes, sir. Amen. 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 Now, who's going to partner with Mr. McDaniel? Who will be his partner to see this thing through? Would you raise your hand right now in the congregation? Yes, sir. There you have a partner right there. Who's Jimmy's partner? Who's going who's gonna to partner with him to see this through? Both of them together. Okay. 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 Amen. Thank you, Jennifer. There you got it. Amen. In Jesus' name. Yes. Hallelujah. That's right. Fill it up with faith, Lord. Hallelujah. Leanne's partner. Who is Leanne's partner? There's Jerry. All right. Praise God. Brother Bill. Mm -hmm. And it seems impossible. It, and it's what it's doing, it's, it's pulling nail down. So we need deliverance in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for your grace. <laughs> yes, your grace that has a path, Lord. God, we can't see it by our natural eye. No rationale, no plan, no solution has come, Lord God, in the natural realm. So, Lord, we're asking you, Father, to move this mountain of this family that is sapping and sucking and, and pulling them down. Lord, in Jesus' name, they want to help. You want them to help. But, Lord God, we ask you to help bring help through them that does not bring them down. Lord, a solution of wisdom, a solution of confrontation, a solution of life through the gospel, which is the power of God. We thank you, Lord, now for it, for resolution, for turnaround, for change, beginning this morning. Lord God, Ita Bahada and Tita Bahansi, in Jesus' name, we believe we receive it, and we thank you for it, Lord God. We call it done. We call it done. 
We call it done. We call it done. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Who will partner with Bill and Nell? Ray Chanel is going to partner with him. So he's going to call you. He's going to say, I need to know the details on it. And he's not going to tell anybody. I mean, I'm talking to all of y'all. And you're going to say, and you're going to covenant to partner with them by prayer. You're going to ask God for words to give to them and say, the Lord told me this today. And I just called you to tell you. And you're going to partner with them until they get to the end of it. Now, we've never done this before, but that's how the Lord wants to do it. We are a church of results. Not just prayer. Not just prayer. Miss Rona, you've come. Got an impossible situation. Hearing. You want your hearing back. And they, they say they can't fix you. They say that. I don't believe it either. Well, I may believe they can't. But, but, but uh, in Jesus' name, we release the anointing in Jesus' name. And we tell this ear to be open. We tell you to open up now. We tell you to be released this woman wants to hear she is called on the gospel which is the power of God unto her for salvation in Jesus name ear be opened be repaired be remedied be loosed to hear in Jesus name no ringing no no noises Lord normal in every way in Jesus name amen 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 hallelujah I receive it. I expect it. Hallelujah. Open up. Hallelujah. Who is our partner with Miss Rona this morning? Who's going to stand with her? Jennifer Baker. She's going to be calling you. You're going to tell her, and you're both going to find the word, and you're going to. She's going to be your partner in the word, and this thing is over. I read the scriptures to you in Romans 4 where he says that he calleth things that be not as though they were. This thing is over. Amen. Decision is the place of power. We decided this morning it was over. And the power is released to bring it to bear. Amen. Amen. Anything, Deb? Hallelujah. Well, a little different this morning. But we're strong Christians. I said we're strong Christians. Turn to someone right now and tell them I'm very strong in him. Amen. Amen. Whether you're confessing it or confessing it unto faith. Father, we thank you this morning for the power of God. Hallelujah, which is your gospel. Lord, we have a desire for it. We take Joshua 1.8 to heart. Lord, we meditate in it day and night. We, we take it with the intent to do it. And Lord, it causes our way to be prosper, and in this, Lord, we have good success. I thank you, Lord, Word of Life Church, we have good success. We don't have troubles we can't whip, and Lord, the devil's not big in us. We thank you, Lord God, today that we think big in small places. Lord, we ask you to turn our dreamer on again, to turn the dreamer on in the Lord that we dream your dreams and we have your plans. And Lord, it is joy unspeakable and full of glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God.